Welcome to the Living Rooted Podcast. This season, we're diving into powerful truths from Scripture and sharing stories that help to unveil the lies and false agreements that keep many of us from living loved and loving others well. Join us on a transformative journey as we explore what it means to live rooted in God's love. Up to this point, I think we talked a bit about, you know, anxiety and depression. Maybe there's another emotion to talk about today. Yeah. I Well, I know what we're going to talk about. And I feel okay, so, good. I actually feel so excited about talking about this emotion because I think it's so misunderstood and it's mm. so often painted as a harmful emotion or it's bad, it's not good. But I think the distinction really is between what do you do with the anger? And I just mm. gave it away. That's great. <laughs> but you know, I, let's talk about anger today. I feel like it's the kid in the corner that's misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, that's right. Maybe uh, for a lot of us, we didn't maybe have permission to have that emotion you know, to speak childlike phrases, maybe we perceived or were told that anger is naughty, so don't have it. Even the way I just said that, that's like an agreement, right? Anger is naughty, don't have it. And we know that if anger is sin, then God is a sinner. Mm. And uh, the scriptures do say, you know, put put away anger. And and the scriptures also say, in your anger, do not sin. And we usually do then. So maybe we're just not good at it. Maybe we're not good at having it. But the emotion itself is just an emotion. It's like a signpost saying something's going on or something's going wrong. Yeah. Um, so it'd be good for us to maybe consider why it is what it is, where it comes from, what does it look like, and how to have it. Yeah. When you think of that word for yourself, I mean, what comes to mind? I think for me personally, anger is not as accessible for me at first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I actually have to do a lot of work to get to anger. To me, to be angry is to get bigger and to actually admit that I have a need and that I desire something or whether that's connection or whether it's um, reconciliation or to just admit that I actually care about something. Each person has their own relationship with that emotion, known or unknown. And it's good for each person to explore what does that look like for them. And not everybody's um, mask of anger looks the same, right? Mm -hmm. So some people outburst and rage, you know, call names, honk their horn, whatever it is. And other people actually cry. But a lot of it has to do with temperament and belief about the emotion, the safety of having that emotion. Mm. Um, So for me, the emotion's a newer permission. Um, It's not that I never had it. It's just that I never um, allowed it. So it manifests in other kinds of things. Sometimes it's anxiety or depression. Unresolved anger always manifests itself as depression. So someone can go and get aid for that feeling of depression or that experience. But if the clinician or the doctor doesn't have the wherewithal to help that person see past the moment and look how they do the emotion, actually they could be really angry. So they could get their antidepressant, but if it doesn't touch, it doesn't go to those places of anger, it's not, that medicine's not going to touch it. 
And so these are the kind of ideas that, you know, even for myself, sent me to counseling long ago. And my mentor, in the very first session, I went in for anxiety and depression. And my mentor kept pushing on the button of, of anger. And I just couldn't relate. I couldn't see it because I don't lash out at people. I don't call people names. But it really has impacted my actual physical self. Mm. Maybe I've shared with you this story before in the past, McKenna, but I'm not sure with our listeners. I remember being in a clinical setting for counseling. It was group counseling. And the clinician knew that one of the things I wanted to work on is just knowing my emotions better and how to have them. And one of them was anger. And so she had the wherewithal to ask, can you share with the group about your physical body? I'm like, no, I'm not interested in that in this group. Thank you. And she said, well, I mean, what about like ailments or diagnoses of kinds? And I said, okay. And I kind of went forward and I said, you know, I've had anxiety since I was seven or eight. Um, I had tubes twice in my ears. I said, uh, or three times I've had um, ulcers up and down my esophagus, a hiatal hernia. I lost my gallbladder. My thyroid doesn't work anymore. And Sunday nights, I get migraines every Sunday night until I have to like puke it out. And she said, okay, that's enough. Thank you for your list. <laughs> she said, and she said to the front of the whole group to me, you're dying. And I said, uh, yeah. And she said, and you don't care. And I said, no. And she says, I want you to tell the group why. And I said, because then I win. And she said, so Jason, what you're saying is that's the anger there. You're going to serve everybody and take care of everybody and function in your codependent way. And when you're dead, they can all eat it. They can, you're just sticking it to them. She says, that's the anger. Someone in the group said it was a week long, um, amazing event. Um, someone in the group said, we want to see you get real angry this week. We want to see you let it out. And that permission was really challenging for me. And I got very emotional, sad. And I just said, you know, please don't, please don't make me do that. And so it came out in the tears, but yeah, two days later, I let a lot of it out. <laughs> so it was pretty cathartic, they say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the emotion, even for me, I'm 46 years old. I mean, to be more honest about the emotion and how to have it and recognize it, I'm probably only 12 years old yeah. in that ability, honestly. Yeah, I can relate with that. I think okay. I'm, I'm 33 and I feel like I'm learning how to bear fruit with anger versus it caused destruction or self-destruction mm -hmm. so that's what it's caused in the past for me for me it's been isolation that it causes right mm -hmm. so that would be this would be how you would define anger and with your personality with your heart with your life and experiences mm -hmm. I yeah quite simply the definition I think like a childlike definition of anger would be when someone or something's blocking what I want and it doesn't matter if what I want is noble or not noble. Just kind of like we talked about our goals, like with anxiety and depression, like when you perceive you'll never, ever get what you want, that's going to be like depression, circumstantial depression, hopelessness without hope, right? With anxiety, it's the uncertainty that I may or may not get what I want. I don't know. I'm worried. I'm fearful that it's not going to happen or is going to happen. The thing that I don't want to have happen, anger would be like what I want. And the goal that I have is being blocked by someone or something. And we could perceive that to be God or friends or family or circumstances, the boss, or even ourselves or our body, whatever, culture, system, government. And then here comes that anger. So quite simply, anger is when someone's blocking what I want. Now, 
clinicians may define anger, you know, may say of anger, anger is a secondary emotion to unresolved pain from the past. Now, I would add the past can mean 10 seconds ago, right? No one's born angry, right? But we're born with needs and when needs aren't met or they're denied, maybe we've got some emotions that come. So it's almost like if I could snap, you know, here's this first emotion, then right on the back end of that second is anger. So anger is a secondary emotion to unresolved pain. And people might add of the past. So if I was teaching a class and I'm writing on a whiteboard, I'd say first comes past pain, second comes present anger. But remember, the past can mean just moments ago. Um, and so we might say, well, that person's a real angry person. But when I see that, I would say, no, there's something feeding that. There's an, there's emotions before that emotion. But others people just write the angry person off as just like angry by identity. Our emotions aren't our identity. They just are a signpost. They're showing us something. So then if if they're showing us something, you know, what kind of emotions would you say precede anger? Well, I, I think there's at least a handful, but maybe even more. Maybe I can kind of just go through a list of what precedes anger. I got I got a couple in mind as you ask. For, for some people, you know, first comes hurt, then comes anger. Hurt is like comes from when you expected to experience unconditional love and you don't. You had an anticipation, maybe a good anticipation, a good expectation, you know, and unconditional love is a basic emotional need. And maybe we can talk about those another day, just like the basic emotional needs of our lives and what happens when we don't get them. So as it relates to unconditional love from our, our parents or friends or family or for the church that we're a part of, whoever we perceive that should have the skill of loving us conditionally, when they don't, it hurts real bad. So that's how I define hurt is like when I expected to experience unconditional love and I didn't, then it can look like rejection, abandonment, abuse, even more kind of not being invited. All those kind of things can hurt real bad. A biblical example, of course, would be like, um, oh, there's this guy that God is real tight with. I think the guy's a jerk, but God's cool with him. God loves him. His name is Jacob. And um, Jacob has a few wives and a few other gals and he has several kids, the son's are well known and so 12 sons at least and some daughters and one son he's very very close with very fond of that's joseph how did jacob demonstrate his special affection for joseph in fact there's a musical about this experience it's probably a top 10 most well-known story in the bible and so how did jacob show his special love for joseph the coat of many colors how did the brothers feel about that coat no. how did the brothers feel that's right <laughs> Let's be more honest, right? They're, yeah. they're angry. We could use other words, but maybe for our listeners, we won't say them, okay? Yeah. So they ain't happy. And so the middle-aged brothers want to kill him. They want to kill Joseph. The oldest brother, if I remember correctly, his name is Reuben. He says, we're not going to kill him. So they mock his death, sell him into slavery, and they go and tell dad, we have some awful news to tell you, and that is your son has died. Now, when you hear this passage preached or taught, you can actually feel within the body. I'm not sure this passage is taught that much anymore, but you can feel within the body. Get that. I mean, selling your brother into slavery, that is wrong. It's morally wrong. I get that. There's no justification for it, but there is an explanation for it. They're, does any, they're really angry. And I think, and I want to turn to the body or the congregation when this passage is taught and say, would anybody like to talk about the dad? What do hurt people do? Hurt people hurt people, as even non-clinicians know and have experienced. That's what they do. So why do the brothers do what they did? 
Well, they're angry. That's the secondary emotion. They're hurt real bad. Well, that's just because they're jealous. Right. They're jealous for the unconditional love and favor of their dad. Even the book of James talks about like people in church, like making sure that leaders don't like kind of nuzzle up to the money people, because how do the non-money people in a fellowship feel when they see that? It looks like they're angry or jealous. No, they're hurt real bad. They expected the fellowship to love unconditionally, not based on what you have or don't have to offer the fellowship, right? So hurt comes before anger. So for some of us, when we're almost shaking or we feel like this reverberation, some people might even think it's a panic attack and they just don't know their emotions yet. They actually might just be hurt real bad. Mm-hmm. And so the deeper question is, can I acknowledge that in me? Can I slow down enough and acknowledge, okay, I feel angry. Why do I feel angry? Well, because I really hope so-and-so would pick me or choose me or invite me or not neglect that or say such things to me, come through for me. I wish they'd call me instead of I always have to call them. So it looks like anger, but it's just that their goal, their what they want's being blocked. All kinds of examples for these kind of things. So anger, I mean, is a common emotion. We can see Jesus. There's things that he wants for people. He's There's a way that the household of God should function and even at the temple, remember how how it should function. And it's not going the way it's supposed to go. So here comes the emotion. We might call it like his just anger or righteous wrath, people would call that. And God's really good at his at, at it. Maybe we're not so good at it, so there's a lot of room for us to go uh, grow in that emotion. But hurt is a big one. And people ventilate on occasion when they feel rejected. Can you rel- uh, relate to that idea of hurt flows to anger? Oh, yeah. Especially rejection. I think that is like a, I can get to anger pretty quickly (laughs) when I feel rejected. And then I think too, when there has been no justice, I can go into anger like quickly because it's, and I I might even say to be totally honest, more of a rage. (laughs) Yeah. I've always had this just really intense need for fairness and just like justice since I was a kid. And there's a million reasons for that, which maybe we about it. Talk about one day. Let's share with everybody. Let's share with all the listeners. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, on May 5th, 1996, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that was a mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I think, I think injustice is one. So let's kind of roll to that one because it's a different category than hurt, but they can, they can combine. So, you know, we got a few ideas. Uh, I got a few ideas to share what precedes anger and justice is one of them. In fact, the more of these buttons that are being pushed on, the bigger the anger. So for some people, hurt comes before anger for other people and justice comes before anger. For some people, both those are pushed on at the same time. So double that anger. So, you could define injustice in one sense, just me being more relational on definition, like when a perceived right is violated. Now, true injustice is when a true right is, is violated, like when your identity, value, or worth, or when one's identity, value, or worth is violated. That's a true injustice. But anger still comes even just with any perceived injustice. Mm-hmm. Okay? So a uh, uh, biblical example of these kind of things, of course, um, David and Jonathan are, are best buddies and King Saul, which is Jonathan's dad is running the show at that point. But David is the appointed King to come. It's just not happened yet. And Saul is so envious and so jealous of 
appointing of David in time that he wants to take David out. In fact, the scripture said that there was a few occasions that Saul tried to kill David, tries to spear him, but he's always missing. So just terrible aim. And then David's telling his best buddy, Jonathan, Saul's son, listen, your dad's trying to take me out. And it seems at first like Jonathan can't believe it. And then all of a sudden his eyes are open in time and Jonathan runs and confronts his own dad. Jason, Toby translation, dad, you can't like just be going and killing people because you're jealous with them. So Jonathan looks angry, but what's the thing behind that? What's the primary thing? The injustice of what is, how his dad is acting. Okay. Mm -hmm. But a sillier example might be um, my wife and I, we have five children and our youngest child is ours by adoption from Russia. He's 13, but more like five, more like six. He has fetal alcohol syndrome, autism. It's way harder than we ever thought it would be i would say six out of seven nights a week toward the end of the night he's going to make his way to me now he knows who to go to between mommy and me he knows who the yes person is and so he's going to find his way toward me and let's say i'm on the couch he'll ask me about my day which he doesn't do midday he doesn't do he does this at night and it's a setup okay and i act stupid to it so it's a setup he'll say how was your day and i'll say it was great titus how was yours it was good Maybe we're just watching a game. And then I know what he's doing. He's setting it up. And then he says a declarative statement. There's ice cream in the freezer. And I'll say, that's true. And I'll keep watching the game. And then he'll say, do you like ice cream? And I'll say, yes, don't you? And he says, yes. And I keep watching the screen. Then he eventually gets the courage to ask the question because he's fearful of hearing a no. And he says, do you think tonight is a good night for ice cream? And I'll say something maybe like, you know, mommy and I, we figured out that maybe Friday or Saturday is the best night for ice cream. And let's say this is a Tuesday night. He's not putting it all together. So he'll say, well, what's today? And I'll say, today's Tuesday. And he falls to the floor like a bag of bowling balls. And he says the phrase, not fair. That's anger. When you perceive that something's not fair, is ice cream a right? Doesn't matter. Here comes that anger. Anger is simply when a perceived right is violated. Mm. So we think over the last four years in our world, but where we're, we live here, where I live in North Carolina, a lot of anger over the last several years with different events that have happened. A lot of kinds of walks and um parades of kinds and things like this. And people have strong opinions on them. Remember even just years ago, right? Just within the last few years, what is your view of COVID? What is your view of vaccines? What is your, your view of masks? What is your view of justice? And years ago, things with the events of George Floyd and anger on every side, mm-hmm. anger on every side. Here comes that emotion, but it's not an initial emotion. It's a secondary emotion. The perception of things, not fair, not fair. And so injustice is a big one. And it's interesting because when you think about justice ministries, the justice causes, several years ago here where I live, um, there was a big push for churches to get involved in human trafficking. Lots of talk about it. Okay. Many churches in the area talking about it. And it's interesting because 15 years later, I don't really hear the buzz. We must have solved the problem, I guess. No, it's just that the anger ran out. Anger is a hot fuel that burns out. You know what a cooler burning fuel is for justice? It's actually love. 
That's why God's justice endures forever. Is it because his anger burns forever? Or because his love never ends? Right? So you can think about the kind of person that has a perception of justice. Like, let's say there's a registered nurse, but she chooses to work rather than in the local hospital or a travel nurse and make what she can make. She chooses to give her time and she makes a small hourly rate giving ultrasounds at a uh, pregnancy center. Why would she do that? Well, she might have a perception of what true justice is, and she wants to give her heart toward that. And she does three decades worth of service at a place making ministry kind of money <laughs> instead of what she could make because love is fueling her view of what is right or best, her perception of that. Mm. So, you know, it's interesting, the same idea, like 15 years ago in the area, that massive push amongst churches for the caring for the orphan, for adoption and foster care. In fact, some churches in my town said, like, if you're not participating in this, you shouldn't be part of our church. And that's using guilt and shame a bit to motivate for good things. And I don't think that's Jesus's way. But it's interesting because I don't hear a lot of talking about it. So it seems like maybe the anger burned out when that movie Taken came out with human trafficking a long time ago. A lot of talk about it. And there's some people that are still engaged in it, but I think it's actually probably long-term love that's pushing them. Because the other side of the same coin of justice ministries is mercy ministries. They're the same, they're the same ministry. It's just what emotion and what um, commitment and what um, belief is pushing your energy toward those things. Yeah. So for some people, first comes injustice, then comes anger. And I'll just add this just because, you know, we're just kind of improving together. I think the very specific kind of injustices in the world that push our buttons very specifically have to do with a wound inside us because we're not equal in all of our concern for the injustice of the world. We have very specific ones. We have each one of us yeah. have in mind and there's a reason. Yeah, right? I would fully agree right. with that. Yeah. It's because your pain becomes your passion. Yeah. And so the bigger the emotion that's coming outside of you, probably also the deeper the wound. Something's being touched on in you as it relates to the injustice of the world because injustice is injustice. Wrong is wrong, yeah. right? There's things that exist that shouldn't. Also, there are things that should exist that don't. And ministry can come to both sides of those things, right? Mm -hmm. um, I remember long ago, the, was it the Passion Conferences used to raise support to dig wells in Africa where people didn't have water that should have it. Mm -hmm. That's a, Some people call that a justice ministry. Other people call that a mercy ministry. But why might one person have such zeal and vim and vigor for that? It definitely pushes on something inside them. Yeah. Whereas another person cares for the orphan or the downtrodden or the homeless or the addicted or the depressed. Why is that? I wonder something deep, something deep in them, but yeah. anger can be a fuel to get that stuff done. For an even bigger question. It's like, isn't that part of our, existence though a part of our life that a lot of our purpose and our passion is shaped by what we've experienced like i definitely think that's the redemption of it right that's that's mm -hmm. the beauty of it is mm -hmm. it, it's the difference in the response to the pain you know right. um you got it that's why it's interesting when one person gets angry that another person's not as angry as they are about the topic mm -hmm. and my wonder is well maybe because the pain in them isn't the same as it is in you so now we have another anger coming, right? Because we have anger that another person doesn't care like I care. Mm. They just went out of the same wound. So yeah, I, I think hurt 
comes before anger and then injustice can come before anger. And some, for some of us, of course, when we've suffered abuses of kinds that hurts, especially if it's by someone we expect, expected to experience unconditional love from, and it's an injustice that they did that to us. So mm -hmm. double that anger. And, you know, we haven't said it yet, but God wants to meet us in each of these places. You know, does God's word have anything to say about his unconditional love for us? I mean, that's what this whole podcast is about is finding our roots sunk deep into the soil and nutrients of God's affection for us. So God has something to say about our hurt. And God has something to say about the injustices that we've suffered or those that we love suffer, or that the world suffers. He wants to meet us in that place. And the great thing about God as it relates to our anger, remember hurt comes before anger, injustice comes before anger, but all of a sudden we just have the anger. The amazing thing about our Lord is he's not going to say, why don't you change your attitude before you talk to me? But yeah. pro probably he wants to come deep in the place and say, he can say, I know you're, I know you're real angry. Can we talk about what comes before that? Can, can you, let's talk about that hurt that you feel mm. that you've suffered. Let's, let's talk about that unfairness you just experienced. Mm. So he's never pushed away by emotion. We might try to push him away, but he's not so insecure that he gets pushed away because of emotion. Living Rooted is more than just a podcast. It's an invitation to a transformed life, rooted in the love of God. We hope you've been encouraged, challenged, and empowered to discover more about yourself and the Father's heart toward you. If you'd like to know more about Rooted to Live Ministries, visit rootedtolive.com. Follow us on Instagram for more resources, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.